Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I have with me Mr. Nolan Benson. He is an author, a musician, um, a blogger. Uh, he is releasing a new book called Curtain Call, um, which is a realistic fiction work. Uh, it'll be coming out on July 14th, and he's getting married this weekend. So congrats to Nolan. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. You know, pretty did some wedding errands earlier in the day, so it's kind some of time. Yeah, we met with the pastor for the church, and um, we're just kind of tying up odds and ends before the wedding. And, sure. You know, hanging out with my fiance. It's it's nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. Where uh, where are you guys getting married? Uh, Fox Point Lutheran Church is where the ceremony is, and mm. we have the reception and. Her parents' backyard. We oh, fun! Rented a big tent, and that'll be a good time. Dude, that that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, weddings are dope. I, my friend Maggie got married in September, and uh, it was um, she got married on Devil's Lake. Oh, that's uh, awesome! Which is very beautiful. Yeah. And uh, the reception was at a nearby campground, and yeah. uh, I drank a lot of Spotted Cow <laughs> that night. Yeah. And then we went to Ho Chunk Casino, and I don't remember anything. Um, but it was my point being, weddings are a lot of fun. They are. And honestly, like I love a good outdoor wedding too. Yeah, like, yeah I'm excited. There'll be plenty to drink, plenty to eat. It'll be a good time. That's perfect. Yeah. But so you got that coming up. Um, so yeah. Uh, so you're also moving to Portland in a month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, tell me what's uh, enticed you to uh, make the move out there. Yeah, so we, me and my fiance visited uh, in April. Uh, we kind of have been thinking about moving there since <coughs> 2017 when we graduated college. So we, uh, we've been itching to get out there and she, she has family out there as well. So she's been kind of in Washington State area. But, sure. Uh, never, she's visited Portland before, but I had never been there. And our best friends moved out there. Uh, last summer, so mm -hmm. um, we went to go visit them and stay with them for a week, and it was a nice vacation. We we really like the outdoors, and yeah. Portland, it, just Oregon in general, is oh, yeah. really really pretty. Um, yeah. And the humidity is a lot lower there. Oh yeah, totally. A lot lower, like single digit humidity. So nice. it even if it's like seventy five or seventy high seventies or mm -hmm. even in the eighties, it doesn't really feel as warm oh, yeah. because the humidity kills. So um, that and then also I, with me being a writer and my fiance being an oil painter, it's just a really good place to be for, totally. for art. Yeah. Um, we have dreams of starting our own like artist meeting space business mm -hmm. type of thing, like a gallery but also music venue, sure. uh, selling books there, so mm -hmm. kind of like a bookstore, music venue, gallery hybrid type nice. of thing. Just a meeting space for artists of all backgrounds, wherever you come from, whatever type of art you make. A hub of sorts. A hub, yeah, an artist sure. hub. And Portland's a good place to open that, so hopefully down the line we can get that going. Awesome, dude. Yeah. That is super sick. I think we need more of stuff like that out here in Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, I've only been to Portland when I, I was 10, uh, so I don't remember it too well. But, um, yeah, we took a trip out to Oregon and like Crater Lake, 
yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, Cannon Beach is a really cool yeah, we place. Yeah, we it was awesome. Uh, yeah, Newport's a, a really interesting town. Like, yeah. I just remember, yeah, it's very, very scenic. And it also, um, I mean, I think that a lot of people kind of make the association of Portland with the show Portlandia. Yeah, which is obviously exaggerated. Yeah. It's not... It it is a it is an eccentric city, but it's 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 not quite Portland. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's just yeah, that's just Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein just making yeah making really funny characters out of people that live there. But yeah, well that will be awesome. But um, yeah, man, I'm well. I'm glad that I got you on the show before then. Me too. Um, yeah. So curtain call. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so I guess I will start with uh, the book's title. Um, mm -hmm. What I guess, yeah, where did the, where did that come from? Yeah, so the book uh, follows uh, two sisters, and there's a third character. They're all female artists. Um, that's intentional to highlight uh, really talented women in the arts. Um, a lot, a lot of it's based on my music experience and also my fiance's painting experience mm -hmm. uh, and foil painting painting in general has been pretty male dominated so yeah um, but it deals with a lot of heavy topics uh, grief drug addiction trauma loss um, and so curtain call is is kind of it's a play on the music you know the music term curtain call but it the curtain call is for grief coming back up again and forcing the characters to face it and also forcing the reader to face it over and over again mm -hmm. um and yeah that's kind of where the title comes sure. from. sure okay yeah. cool um yeah i guess so um if you want to elaborate a little bit um, more on like the premise of it and yeah. i guess just what you know like uh what um a reader can will be the journey that the book takes them on everything. yeah um so the book opens with a mysterious fire that kills the two characters two sisters um, mom and from there it kind of follows them dealing with uh, it's like in a world of like jazz uh, art and uh, just really talented individuals but also following them as they deal with their traumas and the two sisters are facing the loss of their mother and trying to like cope with that but they all it also goes back into their past when their mom was still alive to kind of fill in mm -hmm. a lot of the mental illness struggles and like where they come from. Uh, and then the third character uh, is the medical examiner from the fire and they meet her through there and they become friends with her and she struggles with drug addiction. And she's a guitarist, a jazz guitarist. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of her experience, she's also gay, so she has a relationship with a woman through, throughout the book. She's more of the like, I guess, third main character so she gets less airtime than the two sisters sure. but her timeline then comes into the two sisters timeline and you kind of see how everything intertwines by the end of the book mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted to focus on the plagued mind of an artist and also just facing grief what that what sure. that's like for these characters and how uh, kind of like how life can throw anything at you and Mm -hmm. these characters still come through it and they're you know th by the end they're in certain places some yeah. better than others but uh, they it's a it's a story about like overcoming a lot of obstacles sure kind of dealing with that 
course. Yeah, I guess um, with your own experience, like, uh, where do you see, like, your own plagued mind as an artist, like, sort of yeah. manifesting in the book? Yeah, so I, I grew up with a hereditary uh, disability called hereditary spastic paraparesis. And I, I mean, I have had it from birth and there's no cure for it. So it affects the way that I walk, but nothing else. So growing up, I had a really low self-esteem. Um, I was picked on a lot and I kind of had to face that. And I was my own worst enemy. And then you tie in being a musician and a writer where nothing ever seems good enough. Uh, like my own music could sound good to somebody, but I would be like, I could have done that better. I hit yeah. that note wrong, even though to the average ear it sounds like I was on pitch. But mm -hmm. for me, I'm like maybe I was like just a bit, yeah, bit uh, off, not quite where I wanted to hit that, right. or I didn't hit it as strong as I wanted to. So for me, like all that tying in together, um, on top of living with my fiance and seeing her artistic process and how she can be brought down by her own expectations for herself mm -hmm. as well even though people around her are like this is a really good painting she'll be like eh i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna start over yeah. i'm gonna scrap it so uh both of those uh all three of those actually are inspiration for for the book and then uh, my own mental illness struggling with severe depression related to low self-esteem um and self-harm i struggled with self-harm myself so a lot of the book is based in my real experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, another cool thing about it, it's really Milwaukee based. Yeah. So right. if you, like there are references to like cops and uh, restaurants in Milwaukee, like places in Milwaukee, some of the venues are made up, some of them are real. Um, mm -hmm. But I wanted to highlight how great of a city Milwaukee can be. And I'm not moving to Portland for a lack of love of Milwaukee. Yeah. It's, it's more of a pursuit of opportunity. Of course. That doesn't quite exist in Milwaukee, especially for uh, my fiance. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's kind of. It's sort of. It's remarkable how you bring so much of your lived experience, like, you know, into a. You know, basically into a fictionalized yet realistically natured story in a way that kind of hits home for a lot of us like Milwaukee and everything so yeah no, that's super cool um what uh I guess if you want to I guess describe like the 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 your earliest inspirations with wanting to write it and like mm -hmm. where I guess like how that eventually became what the writing process looked like yeah my earliest inspirations for this book actually were when I was a junior in high school I, that's when I developed the idea that I wanted to write about a painter, and this was before I even knew that my fiance existed. So, yeah, sure. Um, for some reason, I've just been always interested in in painters, and I don't know if that's a sign from the universe or not. But I, <laughs> yeah. I've sort of taken it as such. Um, they were pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, being meeting a painter, I don't know if it's because I had that fascination in my head, and I was like, see a painter? Oh, no. Now I really want, now I'm interested and yeah. I want to get to know you or if it kind of just happened, but uh, throughout, I started it there, obviously being a 17 year old, it wasn't, you know, the best writing in the world. Um, I went to Marquette for writing intensive English. Uh, so my fourth year of college, uh, it took me five years to finish, mm -hmm. uh, my fourth year of college, I had a creative writing class and then 
I kind of revisited the idea of a painter, but then instead of having like a male painter, I started writing these two sisters. And my professor is a published writer. He's pretty, actually pretty well known. Mm -hmm. He has a movie with one of his books coming out that has Kevin Costner in it. So, oh wow, what is it? Um, I don't remember the title of the particular book. His name is Larry Watson. Okay. It's in his bio with oh, book sure. it, so you can look him, look him up. He's, yeah. But he uh, really helped me kind of craft the start of the story, but it's something still wasn't connecting mm -hmm. uh, quite well. So I kind of dropped it and uh, I graduated. I didn't go back to it during college, like my fifth year. I just kind of did college. And the year mm -hmm. after that, I was doing AmeriCorps. Uh, so it was like not a lot of time to write. And then the following year, I did senior corps year, so another year of AmeriCorps. But I really wanted to go back to writing because I hadn't mm -hmm. really touched anything since graduating. So. Um, for someone who's really passionate about writing, that feels like I'm missing a part of myself. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of started writing it as self-care, but I revisited those pages I wrote in my college class, and I I only took like one page out of like 25 oh, wow. to start the book. Wow. So, okay. And I rewrote that page as well a mm -hmm. little bit. So from there, it kicked off, and I met an editor through, through the program who, who happened to have done professional editing before and sent him some pages and, and he told me he really liked it and so I kept writing and my confidence was building and I just kind of snowballed and six months later I had a finished novel so <laughs> yeah um, it was more of a just really determined process also when you're writing super personally it yeah. kind of flows really yeah, easily definitely um, it felt like I knew the characters because they're part of me and part of my fiance mm -hmm. and extrapolating little personalities of people that I know. Yeah. It's kind of what a lot of writers do, just extrapolate, observe. Um, it's kind of like talking. Like yeah. when you're talking, pers like a personal, when you're giving like a personal anecdote, it kind of just, you, you don't think so much about it all the time. You kind of just talk your truth. And I think that the same thing can happen when you're writing something that you've already kind of found the words for in your head and it's just a matter of just putting it out there. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah I think that's kind of what happened to get it done. Yeah, but, definitely. So, um, yeah, uh, did you like kind of write in like, um, so that being said, were you writing in like kind of like spurts sort of thing? Were you writing a lot at once or were you kind of just like doing doing it gradually like in a really steady way? I would say it's pro it was probably more of the spurts, you know, um, there were a few days where I wrote like six to seven thousand words. Wow. And, you know, that's not all going to be polished, but that's, you know, that's what we're working yeah. with my editors kind of helped me do is mm -hmm. polish the story up a little bit. Um, so I, I had, I did end up getting a second editor who lives in Boston. So oh, cool. um, she, she really helped as well. So having those people kind of gave me like a safety net, like I can write freely without having to worry that somebody is, or that it's not good. Because uh, both these editors were like, oh, this is great, I love it. And mm -hmm. then they're like, well, here's my feedback, so, and you can take it or leave it, you know? So, sure. How did you uh, find your editors? So the first one was through the program, and then through my service year. Yeah. Um, and him and I are still friends. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually coming to Milwaukee uh, the week after my wedding, oh, so cool. sure. I'm definitely going to see him, which I'm super excited for, because yes. um, he's back in North Carolina now. Um, and he went on vacation to New York with his friends, and one of the friends was this this 
uh, student at Boston University who was mm -hmm. in her last semester, and he told her about the book, and she took interest. She's, oh wow! So, uh, and she's interested in going into publishing. So, uh, once I sent her like a first draft, she was in love with the story, nice. and uh, it kind of just took off from there. Like she just kept helping out, and we got the manuscript done, and. I'm just working on getting it printed. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, how did you end up uh, finding your publisher and getting that? Yeah, so yeah. that's a good question. I'm self-publishing. Oh, wow. So okay. I'm not, yeah, I, there's a few reasons for that. Um, first, publishing is a slow process if you're going through a publisher and you have to send your manuscript in and they have to accept it. Um, and getting it denied doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good enough. It's just sometimes they have so many submissions that they can't accept all of them, so they pick the ones that they feel like are the best and that fit their, what mm -hmm. their brand is, you yeah. know, so being able to kind of put everything together myself, like I found my own illustrator, also a friend of mine, um, I have my own printmaker who's a good friend of mine, one of Jayla's, uh, my fiance's name, so one of Jayla's good friends from college is mm -hmm. a printmaker, screen printing, so he printed me t-shirts and stickers, oh, yeah. And so I just like to bring my friends into the project and, mm -hmm. you know, use my resources course, around yeah. me rather than outsourcing to a professional, so to speak, okay. because in my opinion, my friends do a better job than a professional could. Because well, they, they also know you personally yeah. and they know exactly like what you know, you're looking for. Yeah. Obviously, your friends have to have the skill set that you're looking yeah. for, but if they do, if you have people in your life that do, it's, they'll be more invested in the project. Um, than somebody from the outside. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember when I was um, looking to get a logo done for this show, um, I kind of just put it out there on Facebook. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a logo. Like, message me if you're interested. And I got so many fucking, like, random ass, like, companies and people that I don't even know how they found me. But, like, yeah. there were so many people that were, like, just like messaging me like for professionally done logos and like you know offering to like fully brand me and stuff yeah. like that and like yeah. and then i found somebody who was like yeah i'll do it for 20 bucks right <laughs> but they were like these companies were like asking for like hundreds of dollars and right. stuff and i'm like dude i yeah i just need something done quick and fast and someone that just kind of knows knows what i'm looking for and like right. It was, um, yeah, it's like, it's so much simpler and it's also just a lot, it's yeah. so much less, it's it's much better when you have like, you know, friends or creatives in your corner that can assist right. you in that way. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess, how would you describe like the illustrations with the Oh well, yeah. Um, it's, it's sort of like abstract, these abstract designs with the um, faces of the characters hidden in, in, in it. They're like these swirly, colorful designs oh, awesome. on a white Yeah, so they're these swirly designs on this white background and uh, the face is inter in, kind of hidden, but visible at the same time, partially hidden. Um, and the uh, blue is a very heavy color scheme in it because it represents a lot of things in the book. Uh, water's a really important symbol. It's a lot of natural imagery. Um, a lot of water-related natural imagery. And then also blue is kind of like also the sad, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. kind of the sad, but it also right. is a calming mm -hmm. uh, color. So it kind of plays a lot of roles in the, I feel like the, it fits the you know, theme of the book very well, but it's not all blue. There's plenty of color in it as well. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, sure. So, um, 
yeah, I guess, um, did you like have your own experience with like that, like sort of self doubt or that second guessing as you were like putting it together, like sort of with the whole creative process of Mm -hmm. like, like asking yourself that? Yeah. All it, it was, it was a definitely a mental struggle for sure throughout the entire process. Like as as I said, I, I wrote in chunks. So my goal would be to write a whole chapter at a time, maybe like broken up into two sessions of writing, Mm -hmm. but trying to write it as close together as possible so I don't lose the flow. Yeah. Um, for me, like flow is really important when yeah. I get into uh, a good rhythm and I'm, I'm writing a lot, I can keep writing for a while and mm-hmm. then my brain gets tired and I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. it's time to stop. Um, but there are plenty of times where I finished a chapter and I was like, I don't know if this is any good, but I'd learned throughout the years to not don't don't just delete it right away because then yeah. you just wasted all your time and right. you don't know what good ideas can come of these chapters. So even the rough chapters around the edges could be turned into something really strong mm-hmm. through through editing. Uh, so the first person that I would have read it is my fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jayla would sit down with a chapter and read it, and she wouldn't read until I have a whole chapter for her to read usually, mm-hmm. and she would tell me her initial feedback and. If she was like, this is good, you should send it to your editors. would be like, cool. And if she was like, maybe you should change this. But she kind of helped be that initial, like, is this, does this need to be changed? Mm-hmm. Is this where it should be? Or uh, what do I need to do to make this better? Or should it just be deleted? And there are a couple chapters that I wrote that did need to be deleted yeah, and yeah. rewritten or a different event needed to happen to follow the story. Because um, it's not chronological, it's broken up into timelines, and so sure. there are essentially three different timelines throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Don't you don't have the chronological thing like laid out for you yeah. ever in the book, yeah. so you have to kind of piece it together as it goes, um, which also makes it even more challenging to write um, because I have to keep track yeah. of everything that's going on. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of times where I'm like, this book is not this book is not going to be good. Like, I don't, I don't kind of like, I don't believe what people are telling me. Right. I don't, are they saying this because they're my friend or are they saying this because they have to, or, or is it actually like not good? Yeah. Um, and so I had to get over that. I I get a lot of that with this show. Yeah. Um, there'll be times I'm like, like what's like what am I even like trying to get at with this show and everything? Like what am I trying to accomplish? Like I'll be like, man, like do I like even really like yeah. want to keep like putting these episodes together and stuff? But yeah. it's satisfying because I think a really key thing you said is like even if even if it's like you have those moments, there'd be other times where like I experience a lot of pride with doing right. it or experience like. You know, that did mean something. I'm glad I did do that. Right. I'm glad I did, you know, have that particular guest or I, the fact that I'm even just doing this show as a whole because it is, at the end of the day, teaching me a lot. And I'm sure, like, you learned a lot about yourself and yeah. what your own capabilities, your own, um, just uh, how you find ways to put feelings and, and thoughts into words. I'm sure you ex- learned a lot about yourself doing that, yeah. too. I think the the actual writing of the next book I write will be a lot stronger, but the I can't guarantee the narrative will be a lot stronger because the narrative for this upcoming book is is really really strong. 
Um, that's kind of the biggest compliment I've gotten from people who've read pieces of it. Uh, so there are those moments of pride when I finish the oh, book. Yeah. And, you know, Jayla tells me all the time how proud she is that I wrote a book because I hadn't been writing, mm -hmm. but I've been engaged to her for three years now. So she was there when I wasn't writing and I was more focused on music or um, just like not doing anything really with creativity. Yeah. It's really easy to, to kind of drop your creativity oh, of course. and just forget about it because yeah. it's, it's a mental toll. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, as you just said, you're working on a second book, right? Yeah, I'm starting to brainstorm some ideas. Uh, so I'm a huge baseball fan. I've got the Brewers. Right hey, now. shout out the Brewers. Yeah. Um, I was at the game yesterday with uh, my groomsmen for bachelor oh, parties. Nice. Yeah, so... Good I, game? Yeah, they won, two to one. Tight, it was a good, good game. Um, but I watch most games, you know, sometimes you can't because obligations come up and there are 162 of them. But, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I watch probably 140 of the 162 games at least. Nice. Um, and then all the playoff games. I don't miss the playoffs. That's some dedication. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of something that I grew up with and I'm really close to my brother and it's the main thing that him and I uh, really are passionate about. He's yeah. super passionate about baseball. Mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about baseball. There's a lot to get into about it, uh, a lot of statistics. But Oh, yeah. Um, um, so I want one of the characters to be a minor leaguer because um, a lot of the times you see the MLB players, but there are there are so many uh, individual leagues, and then each MLB team has like four different affiliates at different levels. So yeah. you have to climb through all the affiliates to make it to the MLB. And a lot mm -hmm. of players become career minor leaguers, and a minor leaguer makes like forty k a year. Wow! Yeah. And their job is demanding. They're mm -hmm. traveling around. They're doing everything that an MLB player does except they're not playing in the big stadiums, they're not playing, uh, they're not getting that paycheck, a uh, league minimum in the MLB is somewhere around like 600, 650k. Yeah. Uh, so in order to get there though, it takes a lot of dedication and hard work and most players get stuck in the minor leagues or they just quit playing baseball because mm -hmm. they're not going to make it to the major leagues. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to, uh, one of the characters in the book to be a minor leaguer. Um, I'm really interested in memory and like perception of time mm -hmm. like based on how uh i guess based on what you're doing because oh, yeah. time flows differently for every person and then it flows differently based on what you're doing mm -hmm. if you're having a really good time it's gonna feel like it just went by yeah like when i'm on stage and playing music an hour set feels like five minutes yeah yeah um but if i'm just like super bored it can an hour feels like, oh, like yeah. three hours. I'm like, yeah. was that an hour? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I, I so feel that. It's, it's still, it's in the very early stages um, of brainstorming and I'm still, you know, figuring out exactly yeah. what it's going to be. I just finished this one in April, so kind of needed a mental break and with mm -hmm. everything else going on, I'm like, I'll brainstorm and get back to writing. But kind of like this first book, I didn't really have the full scope of what it was going to be when I started, mm -hmm. and I think that's going to be similar for the next book. Sure. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. That's yeah. totally okay. You kind of trust the process in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? 
Sure. Um, and then I didn't, so I know that you also you, yeah you play music. You also blog. You want to tell me briefly about like what you do with the blog? Yeah. Yeah. So I write a monthly blog. I tried to do biweekly, but that was too much of a commitment for yeah. me at this time in my life. Um, maybe I'll go back to biweekly at some point. But like I mentioned earlier, I have a disability, so I blog about my experiences with a disability. Um, I think the first one was about mental illness. It really goes into my um, my struggles with mental illness. Yeah. Um, and then the second one was about labor issues around disability. Cause mm. There's a dis disparity between um, working labor with for people who have disabilities and people yeah. who don't. Um, a lot of the time people with disabilities get stuck working part-time or they don't have any job. So even if they do have a job, they might be working part-time and not be making enough money mm -hmm. um, to s really support themselves. And you know, sometimes all the extra costs around having a disability can be quite expensive uh, yeah. uh, medically. Yeah. So um, that's a problem. And then the third one is about online dating with a disability because oh, yeah. I met my fiance on Tinder. Um, oh, nice. I'm very open about that because I think it's pretty, it's a kind of a common thing. Nowadays. I've seen a lot of successes on Tinder. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's no reason to have any shame in that. No, it's kind of when it was like first the thing, it was kind of shameful, but yeah. uh, I, I don't, when you think about it, it lets you interact with a larger pool of people. So that means you're going to be able to at least figure out who you don't want to be with a little yeah. bit quicker. Yeah. Sometimes you even match with people you know, and that's kind of wonky and weird, but yeah. it can lead to actual dating. Oh yeah, somebody that you know. That and it can know. also just be kind of like funny. It's like oh ha ha, like <laughs> right. I uh, like I I don't have any dating apps anymore. But when I did, like I would always like super like a friend of mine, <laughs> and I would like be like ha ah, yeah. surprise, it's me. Yeah, I met Jayla before super liking was a thing. Yo, wow, shit. Yeah, that's man, that's organic as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, well. So you, with the blogging and with um, playing music and also with writing, I guess, um, how do you like balance like all the different creative outlets you have? Because that, that is a lot. Yeah. So I think um, I was I was doing a lot during my service year because I was working, serving for fifty hours a week, roughly, in a, a high needs school. So that was really stressful. So I think like the writing was kind of a way to counteract some of that, that mental toll. Um, and then with the music, with Tomatillo, which is the band I was, mm -hmm. or I still play with them, but I won't be once I'm yeah. in Portland. They're going to continue. So uh, if you want more information on them, you should definitely check Shout them out. Shout out Tomatillo. Yeah, they we have, love you, Addie and yeah. Cameron. Yeah, they're they're talented people. I'm going to miss them dearly. Uh, I had a blast playing with them. Yeah. Um, so. But that was kind of, Tomatillo was my, my outlet, you know, my just like freeing outlet where I could kind of just have a good time and let loose and yeah. didn't really feel like an extra thing I had to do. And it more so felt like something fun that I could look forward to. And, yeah. you know, playing a show on a Friday night or a Saturday night after a long week of work is, is quite fun, you know? So oh yeah, I believe it. It didn't, that one didn't feel like work, so I kind of used my creative outlets is things to look forward to and I think that's just kind of a mindset shift of like is this something that I'm stressing about or 
Should I even be stressing about this? This is fun. Like, I'm having a good time doing this. I shouldn't... Until we first came into contact. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Riverwest Public House. Yeah, and that was a fun show. That was a really Still fun show. one of my favorite shows. I uh, really enjoyed Yum Yum Cult. And I, oh, they're yeah. doing some good things now. Yes. Yum Yum Cult, The Unitaskers, Liber Brain. Yeah. That was just an all, all in, overall one of, like, the best nights of, like, indie rock music I've seen in the city. Yeah, it was a fun time. I'm, I was super grateful to be a part of it. It was a really good time. Yeah, totally. So, um, I guess, uh, what, um, so, like, in terms of, like, moving, um, like, I feel like what is most difficult to be leaving behind, but what are you also looking forward to with, like, the new beginnings of, um, just, you know, your own goals and passions and everything yeah um leaving behind this city is gonna be one of the hardest things that i'm ever gonna do in my life uh, i grew up here um so i've been here for t- 25 years yeah um i love the the brewers dearly there's not a mlb team in portland um and i'll have to try to watch the games because i still have <laughs> access to well, I could still watch the games, but, um, but unless you're going to like Mariners games up yeah, up the coast, that's a six-hour drive too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like 15 minutes from Miller Park right now. Yeah, um, and Miller Park is a, such a great stadium. The fan base is amazing. Mm-hmm. The team has a very family-oriented type of feel, and that's just not something you find on every major league clubhouse. So I really appreciate all the extra things that I feel like the Brewers do. So I'm definitely gonna miss going to Brewers games and just, uh, I'm going to miss my family. My, my brother just finished his master's at Notre Dame. Oh, cool. Uh, he's, he's, so he's been gone for a year for the majority of a year and he just got back and I'm going to be leaving at the end of the month. So like I saw him and I are really close. He's my best man at my wedding. So, um, going to miss him and I'm I'm really going to miss the band. I'm hoping to get a band going as soon as I can yeah, yeah. Uh, out in Portland. Uh, you, have we'll a, see. you have a very amazing voice, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Hopefully I can use it. Yeah. I've <laughs> uh, been working on my guitar skills a little bit too because I've been, I have been playing guitar for about six years now. Sure. I just don't play it with Tomatillo. Yeah. Um, kind of because we don't have to. Right. Uh, Addie has some. She shreds. Yeah. She has a lot of space covered on, on the guitar. Yeah. I have a different style. I'm, I'm more influenced by uh, like blues rock kind of mm-hmm. guitarist uh, when I play guitar, so I kind of strive towards that kind of sound rather right. than, or more of the garage rock kind of sound sure. when I'm playing guitar by myself. But that's the beauty of music when you're playing with different musicians, it kind of forces you to come out of your uh, shell a little bit. I'm going to miss Custard too. Oh yeah. <laughs> they don't have Custard the great Custard Portland. Yeah. yeah. But instead you do have Voodoo Donut to look we forward do. to. We do. Uh, that is... That's a good place. The sushi there is really, really great too. Oh, sure. So, okay. I mean, we mentioned some of the things that are really cool about Portland. Um, the the art scene. Uh, they have a one of the largest uh, like street markets for artists in the country, and it happens every Saturday and Sunday from like March until Christmas Eve. Wow. Um, and it's just like we went when we were in Portland, and it was cool. That's just awesome. like for that to become a part of your experience there, like so regularly now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually not doesn't seem like it's too difficult to get into because somebody gave Jayla some information of like, okay, here's how you get into this if you want to, but you have to show up like every weekend, otherwise they kind of like bump you to the not so desired spots and you don't sell as much work. 
but people sell a lot of stuff there and it's, it's busy and Voodoo Donuts is right right in oh, that, man, that area yeah so it's um it's pretty wild and uh going being able to go to the ocean oh yeah it's basically um here to madison from portland to sure, so get to yeah. the to canyon beach yeah which you mentioned yes. and it's a lot of great mountains over there too oh yeah it's really hilly you have mount hood in the background and you can go to mount hood if you yeah. want there's columbia gorge which is just like five waterfalls in the span of yeah. a 10 mile hike so uh -huh. that's a gorgeous area as well uh, the people are really friendly public transportation is fantastic um that sounds yeah. so wholesome. And the uh, humidity is a lot lower. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, I already have a couple, you know, people that I know that are in the city, uh, even beyond the friends that we're going to be living yeah. with, who are, are two of our best friends, and we're fortunate that we have a place to stay cool. uh, without having to, you know, pay for it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right away, at least, yeah. Sure. Awesome. All right. All right, Nolan. Oh, we had a wonderful talk. Yeah. Um, Tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night? Um, right now, it's like wedding things, but yeah. typically I expect a lot of myself, and sometimes if I don't meet those expectations, it can keep me up at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, yeah. But what puts you to sleep? A good book, some TV shows, you know, I like to watch YouTube videos. Comedies, they gotta be funny. I can't go to sleep with oh, dramas. Yeah. That's not, yeah, no. not good for me. But I like to laugh before bed, too. Right, yeah. Some, some good comedy is, is always funny. Good stuff. Well, yeah. thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Dude, of course. Um, and congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations on not only the wedding, but on the book, too, and on moving and just all the really awesome beginnings that you're undergoing right now. Yeah, I appreciate it. Of course. Remember Curtain Call? Yeah. Uh, it'll be on... In, it'll be... Released on July 14th. Correct, yeah. And um, I'll be posting a link to that uh, once it does. And then um, also shout out to Matteo. Go catch a show. Yeah, for uh, sure. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Yeah.